Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 214. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Felix Rebel. The Cat Empire frontman is releasing his third studio record today, which is titled Everyday Amen. In today's episode, we're speaking with Felix about how he juggles different projects, the mystery of songwriting, and the music of Heartbreak High. Here we go. Our guest today is a singer and songwriter from Melbourne, Australia. He's the frontman and one of the co-founders of ARIA award-winning band The Cat Empire, and today he's releasing his third studio record, which is titled Everyday Amen. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Felix Rebel. Good afternoon, sir. How are we? Good, thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time at the moment. It is a very exciting time. We are celebrating a brand new solo record from yourself entitled Everyday Amen. Uh, firstly, congratulations on this record because it is a, a beautiful piece of work. Uh, much appreciated. I, I had a great time recording this one. It's very special to me. I can imagine it It does sound like, and I know that sometimes this might come across a little bit cringy or, or um, not, not fake, but... I think that sometimes you can hear in the music when there is almost like a a connection between the artist and the music that's more than just they've written this music. It's there's like almost visceral in the in the presentation, and I feel like that definitely comes across with this album. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I don't think that that's cheesy at all to say. I think um, there are some projects where you uh, just fall into a sort of a deeper track or something like that. It just, um, things seem to align. The musicians are very intuitive with each other. There's a good feeling in the room. There's um, there's no second guessing going on. The Everyone involved in the project, and there, there are many um, who go into it to make an album, uh, all playing to their strengths, and 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 there's a sort of a mutual respect, but just a kind of a buoyancy that goes through it, and and then when that can match the music itself and, and the songwriting to begin with, then um, then you get the bones of a really uh, enjoyable and um, hopefully lasting album. One hundred percent. I know that. I think in the lead up to this record, you were quoted as saying it was one of the most free-flowing and kind of exciting experiences of your life. I'm curious how, um, I guess, whether the experience with the previous two solo records have been different from that or whether it's just, a, I guess, finding your feet as a solo artist. Um, 
I think, let me see, where did I start? I've enjoyed all of my solo albums very much and I I guess they've grown in confidence each time. And the reason I, I enjoy them so much is because when we get into the studio, the musicians haven't heard the songs, but they're supremely gifted musicians and we know each other and we have a long, sort of a long standing history and friendship, um, touring and so on, um, that, that, that sort of has built a lot of trust up for it. And, um, and anyway, they come into the studio. The songs have been arranged, um, written by me and arranged by Ross Irwin. There's a, there's a really great relationship between the two of us and then the musicians hear it and then, the you know, Danny on drums counts four and then you're into the first song and there's just this feeling of like that the songs happen in real time the musicians hear them as they're performing them for the first time and there's there's just a sort of a buoyancy and a, a freedom to that first impression um that goes along with the um i guess the integrity of, and, and the skill of their musicianship and um yeah, and, and I mean, look, I guess it's it's, like, it's a different process to what I've experienced in projects like um, the Cat Empire, where often we've really sort of laboured over a sound um, quite hard to try and get contrasts in there, and and it's 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 a more um, staggered. It has been sometimes a more staggered process to get somewhere, and the result for that's it's been really exciting in its own way as well. But just from an experience point of view in the studio, um, these albums kind of play themselves and, and you arrive every day. We I think we made this whole album in about um, 12 days, 12 or 14 days. We worked days and nights. Um, we really didn't question ourselves in terms of, oh, is this decision right for that one? Is, is that one not right? The There was just a, um, a kind of momentum to it um, that results for me in, in a sort of joy, in a musical joy because you're, you're in in the flow of something and and uh, there's there's few few places in the world I'd rather be when when it's like that. One hundred percent. I'm. I imagine that the. I want to say the the musical muscle memory, if if that kind of makes sense for yourself. Um, I imagine would be quite strong, as you mentioned. Uh, people might recognise your voice as the frontman for the Cat Empire. Um, you also keep busy with Spin Effects Gum as well. And with this solo record, you're really kind of, um, you're not leaving yourself much free time. I'm curious, with having those three projects, maybe not all going at the one time, but as you've said, going into the studio and these things just kind of free-flowing, do you ever, I guess, resort, maybe not even thinking about it, resort back to... Uh, methods or, or tricks that you might use in one of those other projects when it comes into your own solo project, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's been one of the um, most enjoyable things about um, getting older as a musician or for being here for longer is that you – I stopped thinking about my solo project as, as this sort of separate world and the Cat Empire is that separate world and Spin Effects Karma is that one. They, they have very distinct um, qualities about them um, – but it's, you know, for instance, in Spin Effects Gum, I love the process of songwriting because it's very research-based, you know. We're in a space and there, there may be an, um, a, a story that's in the papers or a um, or a story that's based on one of the, one of the texts I've worked with um, through the Injibundi community and things like that. And it's like, okay, it, it sort of cracks open because there's a sonic world and a, and a sort of a, a bunch of production parameters that sort of points you into a space and then stylistically you can imagine that but then the rest of the songwriting is really research you know it's 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 hard research and that's 
you, you can't always write songs about your your own feelings, whimsical feelings about something. Sometimes it's really great as a songwriter to say, "I'm going to write about this," and you know, and and make that a project. And so, I can take aspects of Spin Effects Come, for instance, into a solo project and say, and, and take that same sort of research quality to some songs. It's not all of them, and and the same with the Can Empire. I mean, what the Can Empire has given me. Um, overwhelmingly for songwriting is this great bunch of memories you know that you can recall almost like a like a dream or something like that where you go I I know what that feeling is on stage I want to try and create something that will evoke that that response in the audience or that or that feeling that I had um that is more than just an emotional thing it's it's kind of a um you mentioned visceral before it's almost like a dream like visceral feeling of what it's like to hear that that swell or that roar or that you know so so there are there are different textures that you can draw on from from within each of these projects um one of the things i love about the solo stage is is that it, there's a sort of quiet there that i haven't experienced in other places there's an intensity of of listening and so all of those things start to to um play into each different project and i enjoy that about um about being busy i feel like i'm i'm always writing i I enjoy that space i like i like being in that world it's the life i've chosen and and i find it continuously interesting and thrilling to be there so i don't really um think about oh this project now and then we'll stop and then we'll (laughs) start but it's really even though it sort of looks like that from the outside it's really just a continuous um mode of songwriting and, and creativity and um and hopefully expanding boundaries musically in, in each of them. 100%. With with what you've just said in mind then, I guess with you continually writing, do you then get, um, I guess on, on the opposite, opposite end of that spectrum, do you then get like a little bit antsy if you've got, I think it's six years since the, the, the last, almost six years um, since the last solo record, if you're continually writing, do you then get, yeah, a little bit, Almost like, come on, guys! Like, I've got this material sitting here. We can we we can put this out. Why am I waiting another five or six years? Well, no, totally. And I, and I think it's sort of um, it's ramping up. You know, like I, <laughs> I mean, firstly, for every day I'm in, I should um, say as well, it was recorded in 2018, um, in, in like very quickly. And sorry, 2020, January of 2020, I recorded that album, and it was um, you know, while the bushfires were were kind of ravaging the southern states and and um we didn't know what covid was really yet kind of thing and and then i i didn't want to release it during covid it didn't feel like a like an album i I wanted to put out during isolation um and so I, i guess during that time that covid time i just went into hyperdrive songwriting i, I think that's actually the truth of it we were on a on a european tour with the cat empire in um march in 2020 and came back you know the world changed within a week and we came back on one of the, the last absolutely packed flights and had to isolate for two weeks and it was almost like the energy of that tour um turned into a, a, a need to, to write songs and, and i did I, I was lucky enough to have a studio at the back of my place um that I'd built just before then, or had built, and um, and that turned into an, an absolute haven for me. And so I feel like during that whole um, COVID period, um, it's it's really just been um, a need to write songs and and or, or to be in musical projects. And uh, I really don't mean that in a pretentious way. It's just it's just what I do for for a living and what I do for kicks. And and one of the great things about music is that it gets better. 
as you as you go deeper into it, it it's not something that has a um, really doesn't have a an end point to it at all. It's not like you get to a certain point and that's sort of it. You can bore yourself by writing songs that are similar, but there are ways as a songwriter that you can challenge yourself and continuously try and find new spaces and interesting ideas. And um, and so the craft of, of, of that uh, of that lifestyle is um, is something that interests me more and more. I would 100% agree with you, hence why we are discussing um, songwriting on a, on a songwriting podcast. So, yeah, I can very much uh, recognise that that love of the craft and the, I want to say, the mystery behind some of that magic as well. Oh, absolutely. There has to be some mystery, doesn't there? I mean, it, it's funny. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of, and I would say this to any young songwriters, there's a lot of practicalities as well, like, like, like I was talking about research before, you can do that. You can actually say and go and go on purpose right and, and get better at that and give, give the craft of songwriting the, um, I guess, the respect it deserves to say that there are different styles and things that you can practice as any writer or any painter would, would um, or any creative person would, I think, probably testify to. But the, um, there is a necessary mystery that goes into songs. They're such simple little buggers, but they're... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, it's my, my partner Eloise is doing a PhD in, in um, through English and philosophy and, and theatre um, approaches, and, and it, it's an enormous amount of work. You know, my, my best friend Miles Allison is, is a novelist and, and writes, um, you know, struggles, you know, for these these novels and these things. But songwriters have to, you know, they they're just songs. They're, they're so simple, but there's something very mysterious behind them. And when you get it right, it's a it's a wonderful feeling. And they, and and to translate. Um... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That to an audience later on or even into people's walls is something that I'm... Um is, is kind of wonderful. 100%. I, I love that. <laughs> um, Felix, I was hoping that you might indulge us a little bit. I wanted to talk about uh, one of my favourite tracks off the record. One song, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of the, the US band The War on Drugs. Yeah, I know The War yes. on Drugs. Uh, I feel like Carry Your Scar off your record had some very similar guitar kind of riffs. It was very, um, it's a few intricate guitar parts, which I kind of loved. Um, I was wondering whether you yeah, might indulge us and just give us a little bit of a behind the scenes or a how this song kind of came to be. Um, well, I guess that um, musically that, that song probably really was 
thinking about um, the sort of music that my brother loved. Um, my little brother died very recently and um, he loved any music from 1980 to 1986. You know, that was his, um, that was kind of his go-to. And so we, you know, there are several, I think it's, it's rather than sort of quoting bands in, in that era, it's more like there, there's a kind of a depth to that sound, you know, to what, what I associate with the 80s music that I'd listened to with my brothers um, was just this sort of depth of sound, you know. It's um, and, I, and I kind of wanted to do something with it. And, and the first time I, I wrote, you know, when I wrote that song, um, I was, the chorus had... Um, the name of, of a person I'd met in Cuba back, you know, with the Cat Empire um, in 2005, I want to say, something like that, when we when we made an album in Havana. There was a friend of ours um, called Caddy Oscar there who would always say, hey, it's okay, like that. And and I loved that, the memory of just those those words, hey, it's okay, it's, you know, spoken by this, um, by this young, very vibrant person. And... Um, and so, so the first version of the song, um, which was influenced by by that um, by the depths of music, but that sort of very very early rock music, I guess, um, um, had, had the chorus "Caddy Oscar" in it. And the um, and later on, you know, it, it was after my brother died; he had um, brain cancer. He, I, I sort of had heard "Carry Your Scar" in that the whole time, anyway. You know, Caddy Oscar, Carry Oscar. So at the moment, it's it's kind of it's almost like those two worlds kind of um, blending into something for me. And and um, soon after that, I, I recorded Carry Oscar. I changed the name of the song really um, to, and, and it became something different. So I guess I'm telling this story because so much of songwriting and and I guess the mystery that you were alluding to before comes from these really strange passages of, of association. So so a, a music, I can't even tell you if that was influenced by a band. I mean, I could be passively influenced by War on Drugs. There's every chance of that. That happens all the time, you know, and, and I think that's that's also part of, the, you know, the one wonderful kind of infectious nature of music. Um, but an association to a sound, um, then a totally different association to um, a person I met 20 years ago in Cuba, not quite 18 years ago, whatever it is, and and then and then a word that, that turns into into Carioscar, which becomes something very very significant for me, um, based on the loss of my brother. So it's you know that that one's a, it's a really mysterious song to me, and, it, and it's probably um, you know quite unique sounding on the album because it's not um, all in that that style of really driving guitar hooky, very sort of highway highway rock drums kind of thing. Um, like the rest of it but it's but it does interest me because it's like there is that that very very dreamlike passage of songs that that sort of follows you around and and they're very associative and and um sometimes they're really direct and sometimes in this case they um they sort of play around something that's a bit more unconscious i think and and i'm very grateful for that it's it's uh it's a fantastic companion to have that that mystery you know, in your life and to be able to look back on it and to to see how words change and to see um, how very loose affiliations of influences of music inform, inform a story. You have no idea how it's going to end sort of thing. Right. I firstly love that story. Uh, I know that the album is dedicated to your late brother and I look very much appreciate you kind of telling us that story because I imagine that, 
you could have easily just told us, no, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so I very much, um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't feel like I need to, um, to hide that. In, in fact, I, I think that the, the dead travel with us, you know, through music, um, in, in a very significant way. And then that's something that I, um, that I intend on, on carrying, not, not always literally, but, but the, um, I, I don't, I don't believe in, in shying away from, from that because it's, it's quite beautiful to me. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful track. And again, I very much appreciate you going into depth about the, the origins of that song. Um, I know that, uh, on the 29th of this month uh, in November, you will be uh, launching the show at the Melbourne Recital Hall, but I was wondering whether later on, uh, either in December or some point next year, uh, you'll be taking this album on the road for other people to see throughout Australia. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I um, The concert at the Recital Centre is going to really involve a lot of the musicians who performed on the album and it's going to be um, sort of near on. It'll be a, a beautiful, big, big band on stage, and um, and that's something I'm really looking forward to. I, I love that room, and and uh, it'll it'll be a chance to really go deep into performing this album as close to how we recorded it as possible. Um, and then there'll be um, festivals after that, and, and various iterations. And and I guess I I in line with what I was saying before, the songs I've written for the Cat Empire and the songs I've written for Spinifex Gum and um, as a solo artist, they they all go into the same world for me. So I, I look forward to a, a sort of a future of performing, and, and this album will be very these song centric, I guess. But the um, in general of, of actually revisiting all, all songs from everywhere and and um, finding ways to do it. So something I'm looking forward to doing as a solo artist is just to draw on. Um, yeah, no, I've written quite a few songs now, and, and it's nice to sort of look back. <laughs> oh, they can really be reinvented or they can be revisited or they can be um, brought to life in a different context and, yeah, that should be fun. Of course. Well, I know there's a lot of people very excited to see you around the country. Um, Felix, lastly, we would usually ask our guests uh, what they're currently listening to, if there is anything on high rotation for yourself at the moment. Um, <laughs> the Heartbreak High, the new Heartbreak High um, playlist has been getting <laughs> in the mornings. <laughs> It's my um, my partner Eloise and our kids who have been enjoying that one. It's, it's kind of this this great mix of nostalgia and, and current pop stuff. So that's been fun. Um, there's an album that just popped into my head. It's by uh, Nana Muscuri and Harry Belafonte from 1963 or something like that. Um, it's like an evening with those two, and it's really interesting because it's got Harry Belafonte singing in Greek. And it's it's just very kind of um, very beautiful and evocative, and that, that's been nice to cook too. And um, Gree Gree, Dr. John, um, has been a heavy favourite of mine um, when I've been cooking. Gree Gree and, and the other album, Desertively Bonnaroo, I've been been um, back on Dr. John lately, and, and that's uh, that's a very happy place for me as well. They, they're three that come to mind. Yeah. Extremely varied taste, but all... <laughs> incredible yeah. <laughs> i love all three of them that's true the, um yeah that's the, the story of me I, I used to really pull my hair out about like oh who are you just decide you know choose one style and be that sort of a um i was i was envious of musicians who are like they're just a rock musician that's what they do that's where they stand or they're just a, they're just a songwriter in that tradition and that's what they what they do and i um i went half crazy for you know 
during my 20s and things like that, sort of thinking about you know, some sort of identity crisis around that. But I, it might just come with age and caring less about um, what you think about yourself or what other people think about you. But there's something very liberating about having um, the Cat Empire, which is about as sort of diverse a band as you can, Spinifex, Gum, Mo and stuff, all in the same world now because it is very, it's very, very different. And I feel that this is kind of a freedom to to that I'm, I'm excited by embracing many many different styles and atmospheres in, in what i do i would i firstly respect that and then secondly i feel that uh yes with age and with time as well i feel like maybe two decades ago it was very much that you listen uh you listen to one genre of music and that's you and your personality and i feel like as the years have gone on genres and classifications have kind of started to fade away and it's just you enjoy what you enjoy and if it makes you feel something, makes you do something, if it evokes something, that it, that it's then that's what it's doing its job. So, um, I couldn't agree. I, I really do. I mean, I think that we, or oh, when I grew up, there was very, very strong identity associations with what music you listen to, you know, and, and um, that, that had great qualities about it but it also had... Uh, this quality that people would listen to the music they were expected to listen to. And I think that the generations coming through now, it's there's not that. I mean, just by virtue of digital streaming platforms and, and, and playlists and, and all those sorts of things, it's, um, it's hopefully doing something just to spark, like you said, that, um, that genuine reaction that people have to music. And you'd be surprised at what sort of people. And then case in point, a Can Empire crowd, for example, you get all sorts there. You get, like, your metalheads, you get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You get sort of all genres, and I feel like we did a bit of that in that band, and, and it always brought me a lot of joy to look at and go like, "Who is this audience? Like, they don't they don't fit into any, <laughs> into any one." And it's um, but there is there is something about that. I think music you have to internally really really listen to what you actually like without um, expectations around who, what you think you should be liking. One hundred percent. Not to do that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Felix, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Uh, congratulations again on the brand new solo record from yourself. Every Day Our Men is out this week. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. See you again. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Felix Riebel for his time. Every Day Our Men is out today and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or purchase tickets to his Melbourne show. We also want to give a huge shout out to Shari, a great company collective, for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.